0: I got a 13. Hey, that's pretty good. With that, you can tell there's some fantasy situations going on. You hear some adult language, and with that, you can tell this podcast probably isn't for kids.
2: Hey everybody, and welcome to the Dungeon Cast. I'm Will. And I'm Brian. This is the podcast where we talk about everything Dungeons and Dragons, from Titanic Tarax to timid tinkers. And today we're talking about tieflings. Mm. Prepare yourselves. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I cast fireball.
0: The dungeon cast. Let's jump in. Let's do it. Tieflings. Tell me about them. Um, tieflings are. What makes a man a tiefling?
2: (laughs) There, there are quite a few things that can make a mana tiefling in the world of Dungeons & Dragons. Um, tieflings are an interesting race. They are one of the most exotic races in the Player's Handbook. And the fact that they're in the Player's Handbook is actually... Um, it's a point of controversy, Yeah, right? it's a point of controversy to a certain in the extent. This isn't the first time that they've been in the Player's Handbook. It's not the first edition they've been in the Player's Handbook. It's the second. But it's still not considered like a common race or... It's not like widely accepted either. It's not a widely yeah. accepted race, yeah. Now I love the tiefling. It's actually one of my I was I was going over it in my head the other day and I was like, okay, top five favorite races and they were like number three, I think. I think number one was uh half elves, and number two was humans actually, and then it was tieflings. Also I like elves For and sure. dwarfs. But um, Tieflings are a very scary-looking race. Um, For those of you who are unfamiliar with Tieflings, Tieflings are usually humanoids or human-looking people with very devilish or demonic features, like uh, very prominent demonic or devilish features, to the point where if you saw one walking around, uh, your most common tiefling It just looks evil It
0: looks yeah, fiendish We're talking like uh, red, <clears throat> red tones And like horns, horns and, and sharp teeth Tails with like spaded points at the end mm-hmm. And things of that nature Eyes without pupils that are just one solid color Now You know that th- tattoo you saw on that guy's arm Of that like devil lady Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tieflings look a lot like that.
2: (laughs) Well, now they do. They didn't always. Okay. And so we're going to start at the beginning uh, of the history of Tieflings, because uh, Tieflings, the way they start out, are very different from what you're used to. Because you've you've played now, you've DM'd for one Tiefling, and you've been a player with with a Tiefling in in your party. Yeah. But both of those are like the more modern iteration of Tieflings, and... That is a second point of controversy when it comes to tieflings. Like, there's a group of people that don't think tieflings should be in any of the core books as playa- playable races. Yeah, they're, and then they're, they're like they're, encounterable things. Right. Uh, NPCs. And, and then there's groups of people that do like tieflings, but some of them like the old way tieflings were and hate the new way. And some people like the new way and don't care for the old way.
0: Can we start from the ground up? Can we're we, going to start from the ground sweet. up. Sweet. Can you t- so, take me back in time to tieflings, a time when I didn't roll dice? Right, okay. Well, not like
2: that. Yeah. Yeah, got you
0: um, tiefling started in a
2: campaign setting known as the planescape campaign setting now I only know so much about this plane, about this uh, uh, campaign setting I've never really played in planescape I know a lot of the basic stuff like uh, it in planescape it exists in um, a campaign setting where planar travel is much much more common than like what you're probably used to or what vanilla D&D usually like entails okay. like, uh, and because of that Interplanar beings are very prominent in the lore. Um, And in the case of tieflings, fiends are very prominent in Planescape lore. Uh, Fiends are things like demons, which are from the Abyss, or devils, which are from the Nine Hells uh, traditionally. There are also other types of fiends, but we're not really going to talk about those because they don't really come into play when we're talking about tieflings. Yeah, they're not
0: necessarily associated in that manner. Yeah.
2: In in the original setting of Planescape, where tieflings uh, arose if you were a tiefling what it meant was that at some point in your ancestry uh someone interbreed with a fiend of some sort uh a tiefling isn't to be confused with uh like a half fiend or like a half demon or half devil those are different creatures okay but at some point fiendish blood got into the bloodline and it sporadically randomly uh shows itself like You might be a tiefling born from, like, nothing but humans for the last five generations, and it just showed up.
0: That's similar to, like, Dragonborn in a way, I guess, Mm. and kind of how, like, um, they're integrated from, like like, a dragon basically
2: yeah i guess so yeah that makes sense yeah like, they, they do have that
0: similarity reminds um, me of like fae stuff too yeah
2: there's like fae blood and in, in creatures that mm. are playable very much so that's that's absolutely true it's actually funny that you bring up dragonborn because it's it's similar to dragonborn but it's actually in reverse it used to be with dragonborn that they weren't born of dragons dragons created them right right and nowadays it's more uh they're, they're literally literal born biological descendants and uh tieflings started off as biological descendants and now they're something kind of different but we'll get there Okay. so the way that these tieflings would uh, show their heritage was really random there was no uniformity to being a tiefling um, because it, it all depended on like what your ancestor was like were they a demon or were they a devil because those are very different things and there's different kinds of each of <laughs> yeah, those I and, know the
0: um, to the common person that probably doesn't uh, like you can't like really separate the two right. like I have, I have a little trouble but like I, I've, I've seen enough. Right, yeah I know know now that they are different They're very different
2: And I actually look forward to those episodes Because there's a lot of rich lore there to talk about Um, But it would be random um, Usually horrific type things That would uh, Yeah, tieflings are generally scary looking Yeah, and so like these old school tieflings Like some of them would just have random extra fingers Or like uh, cloven hooves (laughs) Like everything would be normal But their legs and and feet would be like cloven goat Hillbilly tieflings with snaggle fingers (laughs) Yeah, yeah Well, yeah, Yeah. I I feel like tieflings back in mean, the day used to be really yeah. gross looking like really like uh, um, just horrific kind of mutinesque kind of mutinesque yeah yeah, exactly that's a strange colored eye stuff like that another thing that tieflings still have to this day um, although I don't really usually see it like uh, um, expressed in, in game terms is usually a tiefling will have like one or two types of auras about themselves like either an aura of evil are you talking
0: about like a physical glow no i just mean like a feeling like Uh, when a tiefling a a vibe exactly
2: an energy energy or vibe and like tieflings uh were said to give off a vibe that made you feel inherently very uncomfortable Mm. uh you would feel evil in the room
0: well d'artanian makes me uncomfortable well d'artanian
2: makes everyone uncomfortable (laughs) (laughs) but um and that, or, or it would be almost uh, the opposite, where they would give off a very seductive or alluring vibe. And that's because uh, succubi and incubi are very prominent fiends. And they, they used to be, I think they used to be like neutral fiends, like they were neither devil nor demon. And then they became more inherently like devilish. And okay. And now they're kind of back to being kind of devilish, but also they could technically be uh, between the two. Um, but that's neither here nor there. Um, so, so these these original tieflings were like basically biological mutants because of uh, demonic or devilish uh, contamination of bloodlines.
0: Yeah, they're radioactive. Um. <laughs> yeah, they're radioactive freaks, say that. if you will. I'm not going to say what I was going to say. <laughs> oh, okay. What were you? Okay, we'll talk about it after It'll the show. It'll violate some kind of. Uh, oh, okay. I yeah.
2: gotcha. All right. Well, moving on. We're <laughs> gonna, we're gonna move on to more to more uh, modern tieflings. Gotcha. Okay. That's gross. (laughs) Yeah, it is gross. Moving on. So in fourth edition, I don't know what possessed Wizards of the Coast to do this. I don't know where the... um, inspiration to do this came from. I'm glad they did it because I like modern tieflings a lot, but they're very, very different.
0: If so, you're out there and you know, tweet at us.
2: Yeah, yeah, I'd like to know. I, I tried to do a little bit of research. I'm not going to say I like. I scoured the web and looked everywhere. <laughs> I didn't, but I went to the depths of the, I, I googled, the darkest corners. I googled like two things and nothing came up, and so I moved on. <laughs> but um, but in fourth edition, they they changed everything. And number one, tieflings made their way into the player's handbook, which was a bizarre choice. But um, I thought it was pretty cool. But number two, they were completely different from what we were kind of exposed to before. They became strictly devilish. They had nothing to do with demons. And they were much more uniform. So... Tieflings usually had some sort of reddish to grayish tone of skin. Oh, as opposed to having all these kind of weird random Exactly like um differentiations. They all had horns. The horns could be different from each other, but they all had horns on their foreheads. Yeah. Some would be real small, some would be big, some would be curved, some would like be. Like other facial
0: treats would be or facial traits would be. Hmm? Like ears. How some people have like earlobes that are attached to their
2: Yeah. Oh yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like how anyone else's facial uh structures would be yeah um they all had tails and their tails were like i i would say borderline reptilian like like they're not scaled but like they're like thick fleshy tails they're not prehens- like slither, prehensile they slither like a snake I've seen, I've
0: seen them kind of like in art like wave a lot
2: yeah they they move and they they wave a lot yeah. it's actually said that when a tiefling is really upset they're their tail will quiver a lot um again (laughs) that doesn't really get talked about in game i mean maybe it does not in my games but (laughs) my uh, tail
0: quivers yeah
2: when I'm, i'm just so mad but um they all have like sharp teeth and uh they all look very devilish and by devilish i mean they look like Asmodeus, lord of the nine hells who is based off the uh, judeo christian uh, satan and yeah. and yeah so they diablo. look very yeah they look <laughs> they look very uh, very el diablo and um and their origin story changed so it, it no longer became came about the fact that, like, fiends interbreeded with mortals and thus tieflings came about, it actually has uh, ties to old 4th edition lore where supposedly there was an old empire called Turath, which was um, a very prominent empire and the rival to the Dragonborn Empire of Arcosia. And they were... You know, at war much of the time, and they're very much rivals. Okay. And the aristocrats and nobles of Baal were known to be uh, very power hungry, very ambitious, very cunning and conniving, and a little bit ruthless. And word of Baal made its way to the Nine Hills and made its way to Asmodeus, and the devils decided to haunt these aristocrats with dreams of power and grandeur and whatnot and plans to a horrid ritual, which it doesn't get into details on, but the ritual supposedly took a month to perform and involved the mass slaughtering of a lot of people and a oh lot of horrific God. things.
0: That reminds me of a full metal alchemist. Oh, yeah. Yeah. As very much so. Uh, yeah. yeah.
2: And, uh, and when all was said and done, uh, the the aristocrats were given infernal powers much like the lords of the nine hells, but they were also transformed into what we know as tieflings uh, with the reddish skin. Gonna they, look were, like me. they were cursed <laughs> to appear as devils Yeah, and they were given some inherent uh, powers because like tieflings do have some inherent infernal legacy. It gives them some like fire powers and darkness powers and stuff like that. And a resistance to fire and like an inherent boost to their charisma and intelligence. But they're also cursed to look what some people would call horrific. And it wasn't too long after that that Turoth fell apart because, you know, commoners aren't going to want to be ruled by monsters and yeah. you know, and and that's that's just how it goes. That's how the cookie crumbles and Beltharoth fell to ruin. Now here's the thing in 4th edition D&D, and I think this is this is all uh current with 5th edition D&D as far as I know because I was reading through the player's handbook and it pretty much matched up. But uh tiefling's breed true, which is to say that if a tiefling and a human have a baby, the baby's going to be a tiefling.
0: That's interesting. If an
2: elf and a tiefling have a baby, the baby's going to be. So they squash
0: the half tiefling.
2: Yeah, there is no half tiefling. The blood does not dilute. Tieflings breed true. It's, it's like, just the way you it is. Keep looking like the me. curse is strong, and Esmodius is powerful. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's the current uh lore on tieflings, and is I it, happen
0: to like it a lot.
2: But is it's a good very ass different.
0: blood ritual. Yeah, it was it's a very powerful pa- blood ritual passed down. Yeah. For, for lines and lines. And I would
2: imagine as long as Asmodeus is in charge of the nine hells and is powerful, the curse will hold true. Like, right. why wouldn't he? He's a god. So, um, moving on to actually like role-playing a tiefling so tieflings have this uh this rich lore this almost like tragic lore of like an inner darkness or like a a past that continues to haunt them to this day and uh it's very common in in most D &D games that tieflings are treated very poorly i mean they look like monsters
0: yeah there's Um, there's gonna be some inherent fear in a lot of like yeah uh, Places that aren't used to travelers. Yeah,
2: depending on your setting, like, I mean, I would argue that, like, in a Planescape-type setting or a setting that's high magic that sees all kinds of creatures, m- most people might not even bat an eyelash at tieflings. Yeah, that's true. Because, like, in in the Player's Handbook, it, it says this, like, tieflings are not inherently evil. Their bloodline is just cursed to look right. that way. Like, they may have some, like, tendencies, or it might be a little bit easier for them to, like, embrace the ways of darkness because of
0: their, like, bloodline. But, I definitely like, get that. Um with uh with the two my two experiences with tieflings. <laughs> right, yeah. Mostly because there's like, a lot of self-serving things going on and yes. that always borders on like and, evil.
2: And tieflings are very self-serving uh, naturally because of the way the world treats them. Um also because of like the devilish characteristics that they uptook, uh, making them very charismatic. Because devils are very charismatic, yeah,
0: persuasive. They're very persuasive, very good deceptive. at intimidating,
2: very deceptive. Um, but because they're so ostracized, they are forced to become self-reliant or die, because they have no home, they have no nation. Um, you know, like most religions don't want them. Like most of the world doesn't want these people. So you kind of get two types of tiefling tropes. You get the kind that like like to reject the world's view of them and reject their bloodline and yeah. try and overcome it. And those that say, you know what? If I am that, what I, I am. what I am. And they embrace their evil and yeah. they dive right into it. And you get all these, uh, you know, tiefling rogues and warlocks
0: <laughs> and like those that walk, The darker paths, if you will, tend to want to gain power to get a better foothold. Fight the world,
2: yeah, and you know I think that's common in in real life. You know, a lot of times if you treat people badly or like people that get bullied really hard, uh, you know, some people retaliate, and it's it's not. Not to be not
0: expected, because I you wish DMG and, and life would mirror each other a little harder in that mm-hmm. regard, so that like you could just become an adventurer.
2: Oh, I know that'd be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> you know, screw
0: it. I'm hitting the road. I'm gonna go find some loot. I'm and become gonna get a on dope a dope <laughs> <laughs> Just regular hobos, not murder hobos.
2: Yeah, uh, there would be murder hobos. I do guarantee that. (laughs) So, uh, like I said, uh, tieflings are traditionally very scattered, um, um, and they usually don't have too strong a sense of security. Tieflings are very suspicious because they are so distrusted and they are treated so poorly that they distrust
0: everyone around them. Yeah.
2: Including each other. It's like the nature
0: of what goes on yeah exactly in their lives
2: so so they're marked by this these lives of suspicion and distrust and and loneliness and and they, they have a tendency to be a very dark and brooding type race, which I know a lot of people get annoyed by. And, like, I'm not the biggest fan of that trope either, but, like... Um, and I've run quite a few tieflings, and I don't run tieflings that way, as you've seen. Like, D'Artagnan does not brood. He's, he's very bold. He's very bold. But he's I mean, also from a
0: place of, like, nobility. Exactly. Which is another thing with the other tiefling that we know, Thanik. He is, he's actually... Also a place of nobility. Yeah, I
2: thought that was interesting. For me, the reason that I went with the whole nobility thing is I like the idea that these tieflings descended from nobles they descended from these aristocrats and they descended from this like really powerful empire yeah and, like, that doesn't just go away yeah, just because you look like, like it Satan. Sc- it scatters right it <laughs> might actually help you yeah well i mean it scatter okay so they scatter to the wind everything falls apart the world distrusts them and uh, on one hand a lot of times when people get ostracized like that they like they become like these self-reliant people that like um y- you know don't trust anybody and kind of have to make make out their life alone in the world but another thing that happens naturally I would imagine is people come together to form a community where they are accepted and if you get enough tieflings together they're going to want to run a town run a city run a nation
0: all of a sudden they have a government and there's power involved and and somebody's going to climb to the top Mm -hmm. and some people are going to remember the empire they
2: once had and so for me D'Artagnan and the place he's from and all that that's what that is they're rebuilding Baal Turath
0: yeah basically you guys doing a pretty good job at it i would say so thank you very yeah. much so that's the, in the lore of my game
2: so oftentimes though in in vanilla D, that's not the case and Tieflings are meant to be these these wandering people that are constantly trying to find a home in life and uh they're constantly a conflict with their heritage uh infernal to be or not to be you know yeah. what i mean like and and it,
0: it, that could be a fun thing to explore it might make you tired if you think about it too much I'm thinking about it too much. Yeah? I think I'm going to need to rest. Well, let's take a rest. All right. (laughs) Selling a little? Or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing. However you cha-ching... Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business from the launcher your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to, did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at Shopify.com slash DungeonCast, all lowercase. Go to Shopify.com slash DungeonCast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash DungeonCast.
1: Greetings, adventurers. Today we're excited to introduce you to a new story, Dark Dice, a horror podcast that blurs the line between actual play and audio drama, where the story is determined by the role of the dice. Soren Arkwright let loose an arrow that cracked the glass, passing through the spine of the creature. The Shamblers still managed to maintain its forward momentum, but stumbled as it Ah. eagerly tried to bite and swipe at Soren, landing near his feet. As Jeff Goldblum has now joined our cast, Dark Dice is available however you listen to podcasts. Hey
0: everybody, you have made it to the part of the episode where we take a break and we say thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for listening and supporting us. Um, We really appreciate it. And um, really appreciate everybody who's getting out there on Twitter. Everybody's getting out there into those YouTube comments, rolling deep into the iTunes, giving us ratings. It's been, uh, it's been great seeing all that. So once again, thank you very much. Yes, thank you. And uh, I wanted to say
2: that around the time that this episode drops, uh, actually probably a few days before this episode drops, we will be announcing the winners to our contest that is ongoing right now.
0: Oh, um, yeah. Because
2: we do record these episodes ahead of time, like uh, quite a few weeks ahead of time. So Yeah, uh, or at uh, least we try. Or at least we try. So (laughs) by the time this podcast drops we will have announced two winners for books Count that, two. yeah books that we have given away for uh, the book the newest d book tales, uh, tales from of the, the yawning, yawning portal. portal and uh, if you want to check out who's who's won those, those contests go to our uh, twitter at uh, the dungeon cast
0: and uh, check it out yeah um we uh Will's been putting on these contests for us for a little bit, so thank you, Will. Yeah, they've been fun. And uh yeah, you've been uh you've been making you've been making some people happy with some oh, yeah with some good clean books. hmm definitely. Yeah, real And
2: cool. um I, I would say that we're also, we will eventually do uh, a shout out to the winners. It's just, uh, it might be a few episodes because, again, we do record things ahead of time.
0: Yeah. So um, we will shout you out eventually and congratulations to the both of you. Um, and obviously, uh, you will be t- uh, talked about on our uh, Twitter feed. Mm-hmm. Uh, so keep an yeah. eye out for that. You will be notified and you will have a book shipped to you. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully and, shipping to you mm-hmm.
2: and and like brian said congratulations to the to you but also thank you to everyone else who did enter the contest because it helped us tremendously you know you tweet out about the show and let your followers know you know that we're here and that we're a good resource and you know it brings up our views and we really appreciate it so yeah thank getting you, us all that
0: visibility and that traction um it means a lot so uh thanks for everybody who participated uh and we uh, shouted a lot of you guys out i think in the, in yeah the last yeah episode i think we shouted a
2: good chunk of people but again like we record these ahead of time so there's a whole other chunk of people that didn't get to be shouted out so I'm, yeah, we'll I'm probably, sorry about that. Yeah, we'll probably that. be
0: doing more shout outs in regards to that in the future because yeah, I think I like if that. you tweeted out a link to the show you at least deserve a shout out.
2: Heck yeah, absolutely. And uh So catch and, us next time. Yeah, and also keep your <laughs> keep your ears out for more contests cuz I'm sure I'll probably run another one sometime in the future. So yeah you, you can find,
0: uh, yeah, you can find our uh, our podcast on soundcloud.com slash The Dungeon Cast or anywhere you get your podcasts, including iTunes. You can find us on YouTube. Just search The Dungeon Cast. Our Twitter handle is at The Dungeon Cast. You can Gmail us, thedungeoncast at gmail.com. And uh, yeah, I think that's it. Um, rest feels good, and I like rest, and rolling hit die is nice, <laughs> but that's all over now. So yeah. maybe we should get back to it. Back to the show. Back to the show. We have actually. Okay. Okay. All right. Everything all rested up. Yeah, I'm rested, and our our devices rested, and now they're uh, they're active once more. They are. They are. They are currently. Are you listening out there, audience?
2: (laughs) Please, I hope you are. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so uh, during during the short rest, you
0: actually asked me about. Going a little bit more over um, the appearances of tieflings. Yeah, I want to and... know like what the variations are because I know that as far as like building your character mm-hmm. and the role play and like mm-hmm. y- you know you should discuss it with your DM what your DM thinks right. like, tieflings look like, but. Like, how how far do we get here? Because I know in the player's handbook, I normally see, like, a lot of black and red. Yes. Okay. I'm actually glad you brought it up because we glossed over it. We, we
2: touched very much on it before the break, but I left some parts out that I just forgot to bring up. So, number one, you're right. Totally at DM's discretion, obviously. Uh, number two is I where I had left it off on was in fourth edition they made tieflings much more uniform looking with like the reddish skin and the sharp teeth and the horns and the tails and all that stuff all yeah all infernal as well like a race like like a race like a race would be um but when it comes to their skin tone is since second edition or since fourth edition it has changed a bit and i i actually really like this change and uh tieflings can now have like a wide range of like skin tones okay and this is to reflect i think um for instance, Succubi can look incredibly human. Yeah. And it will have Makes some sense. devilish features, but they don't usually have the reddish skin and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So uh, so because of that, Tieflings can range anywhere from normal human tones all the way to like gray, black, purple, red... Um, I've seen some iterations of blue I think that's rare And I don't think that's really canon To vanilla, vanilla D&D But fuck it It's, it's your game I think uh, The tiefling In the game that I'm DMing for you guys I can't remember off the top of my head But I believe That Nick's uh, tiefling Thanek Is very exotic looking with Yeah he's like got like gold tones Golden hair And like obsidian skin and like i mean that's cool i'm down with that like why not sick yeah yeah maybe there's an archduke that totally looks like i was thinking about some uh like
0: i don't know what what i'm thinking of exactly maybe Mm -hmm. darth maul with like like lines in like uh, a highlights almost like an in like a cutout like you cut skin out and there's like green like your sweet mm -hmm. bulbasaur hat
2: oh well thank you very much yeah um the um i like that idea that isn't canon that's not something i've seen done it's something i'd accept if that's a what if that's important to the player if that's how they want their guy to look just much like when when nick said like oh i want my guy to have like hair that's golden yeah like and he said golden not blonde like it's golden and then like obsidian skin and I, f- I think his eyes are golden too. Like I'm like that sounds cool. Yeah, and his Hell horns, yeah. I think
0: yeah. it's been a little while. Yeah,
2: it's, it's been a while since I asked for his character description, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, like you know, I'm you know, I'm down with that. That doesn't really change anything for me. And like you know, it's your character, so the vibe and the look of, of your character is is important to you. Yeah, and I kind of give the players their own agency when it comes to that art. Um, yes, and <laughs> um. For, for the old school players, though, that like the old way of doing uh, T-Flings, which... Oh, I mean, the that's, mu- like the mutations and yeah, things like yeah. that? Yeah, and, and that's not my way, but I mean, I think it's a totally legit and awesome way, and they gave those options, I believe, in the Sword Coast Adventurer Guide, where you literally have those options, and there's even some, like... Uh, some sub, no, what what's the word I'm looking for? Um, not a sub race option, but like alternative options to some of the mechanical things that tieflings get, which we're about to dive into. Oh, right like now. a variant, like variant that's the word I'm looking for. Yeah, there, there there's a literal tiefling variant,
0: Neat, and, okay. Uh,
2: optional stuff like not just for like the um the stats, like the uh the stat attributes, but actual like straight up features where like it replaces some of the spells on your infernal magic. Feature, oh wow! Like, that's it'll really will give you wings in in exchange for any of your magic stuff, and it, it's stuff like that. It's wings? Pretty cool. Are we
0: talking higher levels stuff here? Like, no, f- no. You just you just fucking get wings. Like angel wings, like usable flying like usable wings. Usable flying wings. I mean, what? the Eric Okra I get them. You oh know? well, yeah, Which, yeah, that's true. Yeah, but, so, I people mean, tend to not, people tend to avoid that. I think yeah, flying races. I,
2: I think wings is where I would draw the line as a DM. Like I'm it's not going to give my
0: tieflings
2: wings. No, no not just because. Uh, they're very powerful, but also it's just because that's just not the norm for tieflings. Like, that's if not they your. Really lore want in your game. It, we'll work something out, but like, I'm not looking forward to that. But, <laughs> but okay. So, moving on. So, let's get into the actual mechanics of uh, if you're running a tiefling and yeah. uh, some of the cool things you get. Um, tieflings are known for the charisma and uh, their guile, and as such, they get a plus two to charisma and a plus one to intelligence. Cool. Yeah. They're yeah. very cunning, self reliant, and persuasive race. On top of that, they get dark vision. Why? Because, well, devils have dark vision, and that passes on to them. Also, so does everything fucking else in this game. Yeah, if, so, you're, if you're anything but a human, pretty much you get dark vision. Exactly. It's crazy. But, I mean, that's cool. Whatever. Um, you But humans all, are dope. Humans are awesome. Humans are actually one of my favorite races to run, and I would love to do an episode on humans, and we will one day. The human variant is mm-hmm.
0: super, super duper
2: good. Yes, very good. Jesus, um, stab boost. Yeah, and, hu- and humans in 4th edition were also very good. Um... Tieflings also get an innate resistance to fire, so all fire does half
0: damage to tieflings. Oh yeah, that we had some fun with that. Yes, yes we did.
2: Yes we did. <laughs> he uh, he took a hot bath and it was my, so hot that my, I was
0: gonna make him take a d4 of damage. And I was he, ready for it. <laughs> he uh, he was like, oh no, I, you know I resist fire. Yeah. So and I was like, it, oh no, then your bath is just how you like it.
2: Exactly. And he <laughs> loves his baths scalding, scalding hot. So uh, another thing that tieflings have is they have inherited. Um, in, in, inheritable infernal magic. Um, so I believe at level one, they get the cantrip called uh thaumaturgy, yeah, which is a really cool cantrip. It's probably my favorite Nifty. cantrip. It is a, a lot of people like to call it like the cleric's uh prestidigitation, yes, and like in, yeah. in a lot of ways it is, but it's also very different than prestidigitation. It's really cool. It's like, um, so you know, you know uh, an actual example I can give of like thaumaturgy being cast in like a major motion picture is in Fellowship of the Ring mm-hmm. when Gandalf is like, don't tempt me, Frodo. And like he kind of like it's almost like he gets big. And yeah. The shadows start to, like groan and like his voice booms. That's thaumaturgy. And that's cool. what thaumaturgy does. It can make your voice boom or your eyes glow or like shadows kind of flicker or like window shutters open and shut. It's like it's like uh, persuasion
0: check assist. Yeah, exactly, like and that's very much assist. what I
2: use it for, and I see it used for, is stuff exactly like yeah, that. Yeah, make your eyes glow uh, and
0: stuff like that. It was, exactly. it was really cool. Exactly.
2: So, Tieflings inherently get that ability at any level. Um, at level three, they get the ability to cast the Darkness spell, which I believe you guys have a lot of experience with. Oh, yeah, that was that cool. spell gets cast a lot in your it's party. It's stupid
0: when two go off in the same battle, yes, and they're it's intersecting. Rid- <laughs> it's
2: ridiculous. <laughs> and then... Um, uh actually, no, no, they don't get darkness to level five at level three. they get a spell called hellish rebuke which, oh, I'm familiar yes which you are, but uh hellish it's rebuke really is a cool, cool spell where um you can use it as a reaction if you get hit by an attack, you can use your reaction to cast hellish rebuke and it causes fire damage i don't i think it's a d ten of fire damage to the person who hit you, and uh it's
0: rebuke hellishly. Yeah, exactly.
2: <laughs> exactly so. Um and the variant kind of changes that up where like instead of hellish rebuke you get burning hands. Um and that's actually the variant Dartanian has because burning hands is a very important part of my concept of Dartanian. He's going to be casting that as often as he can and um and yeah, but but for for just the player's handbook it's um thaumaturgy uh hellish rebuke and then the darkness smell. They also get the uh inherent ability to speak infernal, so I guess if you find yourself speaking to devils in your campaign and you're a tiefling, well, good for you.
0: Um, yeah. <laughs> Other than that, hey, good job. Yeah. Other than that, uh, you found you found some demon or yeah. not? You not found not a demon, use sorry. for your weird language,
2: yeah. you know, because languages don't always come up, and choosing a language can be difficult sometimes. But you don't get a choice; you just uh, know infernal.
0: It's a little challenging to implement all. all like, if you've got multiple, char- if you've just got three characters, three three PCs on the on the table with you, and they they each know four languages, that's yeah. really hard to implement. Yeah.
2: Well, language is growing trees in this game, as far exactly. as I'm concerned. That's it's what I ridiculous. mean. It's just like, easy.
0: Everybody knows common. Yeah. This, everyone knows common, but if on top you, of
2: that, like, between a party of five people, like, you got almost all your languages covered, just on average.
0: Pretty much. Like, I, I like the idea of having, like, um, two people in the party being able to, like, basically speak code. And, like, right. Oh, you speak right. giant? Yeah, like I that. speak giant. I like that. Uh, uh, also fuck that guy and he <laughs> yeah. has no idea you said it
2: yeah that's i i see that happen very often yeah in man games. it's funny it's, it's always funny
0: i wish i kind of wish it wasn't like that almost like there's so many languages like there are and the they, the dnd just hands them out it's kind of cool but it, it like i guess i I could, I could probably be more creative as a dm to implement more of that yeah in previous
2: editions of D&D, I like the way they did languages better because it was based off your intelligence score, which makes fucking sense. Yeah. And basically, uh, you g- gained an extra language for every plus one of your intelligence modifier. So if oh, you okay. had an 18 intelligence mod, you knew four extra languages. If you had a 10, you you didn't know any extra no. languages. Yeah, and that you, makes you sense. You know, Most common. people are, you know, they, they're, they're monolingual. And, uh, yeah, your average fighter with a 10 intelligence probably doesn't know two other languages unless it's fifth edition, where they yeah. probably do. But, um, you know and you know i i also like the idea of special exceptions of like well a ranger probably doesn't have a 12 intelligence but they know the languages of their favorite enemies which makes a lot of sense that's cool but um rangers are cool yeah rangers are cool but um but that's the way that's the way it used to be done but that isn't the way it's done anymore and you know what whatever you know i love for edition so i'm not really complaining too much another thing i want to talk about is um and i think this is a a unique um bit of lore for the tiefling is because of their history and because of the way the world treats them and and stuff like that, they um they have an interesting they have an interesting naming convention, okay. Um, where tieflings will have like basically one of three kinds of names. So either have they'll either kind of embrace that devilish nature or like really really be proud of their heritage and take a, a devilish name. Okay. Um like Avernus or whatever. Something something from like the nine hells. Yeah, they'll and they'll embrace been, it. Very blatantly evil sounding. Huh. You know. um, others will uh try and distance themselves from their devilish heritage and just try and take it like a normal human name, nothing special, just you know Gilbert Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> Gilbert Johnson. And uh I'm and a tiefling, I I'm sell tiefling. I sell used Gilbert cars.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah,
2: exactly. They just like they don't want anything to do with their infernal heritage.
0: Gonna roll and that. I'm gonna roll Gilbert Johnson. <laughs> Gilbert, yeah, I'd like to see him. I like to see him in the current campaign. Would you like to buy this here horse? Oh, He's only got five hundo miles on him. I, I don't even want to know what D'Artagnan's reaction to him is going to be. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, but, I had a really funny idea to have a. Um, this is totally off topic, but a bar, no. like a bartender, like be like, "Be careful! This this drink has two horsepower." and it's that's like your your social conditioning kicks in 2 horsepower that's not a lot of horsepower mm-hmm. but it's a it's an alcoholic beverage it's worth 2 horses of power
2: okay yeah i, I get it i get it i like
0: it
2: anyway <laughs> moving on from your 2 horsepower drink um, the third the third naming convention is probably the most interesting one the one that's unique to tieflings and it's called their virtue name now, this comes from them wanting to distance themselves entirely from either their infernal heritage or their human side, and just kind of have a a single word name that defines who they are. And their name is Light, like a wafer. Well, Light would be a virtue <laughs> name, and maybe they're light like a wafer, but but no, it is a single word name, like uh, like Light or like um, Despair or Hope or. Uh, ambition or mercy, mercy. Yeah, mercy is another one that you'd see. It's a cool than real life name. I, Yeah, it is. It is. But um, but yeah. That's so they they choose a virtue name, which I think is cool, and you don't really see that in other races. And and yeah, so that's just another bit of uh tiefling lore. Hmm. But um, before we wrap up this episode, is there any uh, questions that you had about tieflings?
0: No, I, I generally typically I like interacting with them. They're they make for very interesting role play with like. The intimidation, um you know, charisma, yeah. like deception stuff. They can they can do um they can do a lot in a town and depending on like basically like how buff you want to be in combat depends on the the um the class you kind of pair up, yeah,
2: and and you know, like any race, like Tieflings are better at some classes than others. You know, they're they're very notable Warlocks.
0: Yeah, obviously the intelligence bards, and charisma boosts are gonna um, are gonna complement. Yeah, yeah. Dude, A Tiefling Bard user. sounds like, yeah. <laughs> with the way I'm envisioning Bards right now. Mm-hmm. It's just like I cannot envision tiefling being one. You know, you see them a lot um, because you got to remember like, just, be... they look evil, but they're just people. So there's yeah. plenty of like
2: happy-go-lucky
0: tieflings. Just you haven't seen one. <laughs> I think a yeah. more brooding bard that like like kind of just like drags his feet and plays a violin. Yeah. Well, okay. <laughs> so I I played a
2: tiefling bard once, and it was like nothing you've ever seen. It was like in a joke campaign. We were all playing evil characters, and oh, that's uh, fun. Yeah, it it was a lot of fun. And uh, I had a tiefling. His name was Bartimaeus S. Preston Esquire. Bartimaeus. yeah, on the nose. And he (laughs) basically... Okay, so he was a tiefling bard who went to a bard at college and wasn't very good at what he did. And he was really, really ugly and just like socially awkward. Okay. And... There, Basically he had a rival Who was an Eladrin bard Who was a very beautiful man Who played his lute And the lady swooned and whatnot <laughs> And he was so jealous of it was this a cool dude kid. It was, He was a cool kid He was so jealous of this dude That he offered his soul to Asmodeus To give him the power
1: of rock and roll. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> and so Asmunde has okay. made a
2: pact with him. He was he was a multi class board warlock and he basically had an arcane powered like electric guitar that he shred on. And uh he had a glamour cast upon him where he looked like like a really like emo looking rock star and it was just it was a lot of fun. Sick, yeah. He was dude. he was just a crazy party animal <laughs> and a real selfish asshole. That sounds pretty fun. Yeah, actually. it was a lot of fun. But um, got one life to live. But yeah, so after so this, you know, you sold you know, your soul. Yeah, and 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 actually, that's that's a good point on the TV that I'm currently running now. Is one thing that you as a DM probably should remember about uh, D'Artagnan is like. Uh, when this life is over, his soul is consigned to the nine hells. That's right. He knows it. He's actually looking forward to it. But you know, but but yeah, like climb that he, corporate ladder exactly, of the nine hells. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> what he's planning on doing. Uh, he, as far as he's concerned, he's going to get there and give him ten years. He'll be running the joint. I'm going to enrich my soul before I get there, exactly. so I can have a
0: head start. Exactly. That's D'Artagnan's plan. But show up five minutes early. But um, don't leave your food in the break room. Yeah. Yeah. And don't he, know, about he that. knows. He
2: knows. He knows. <laughs> He'll be the one enforcing those rules. <laughs> um, any more questions about tieflings? Okay. So, I'm shaking my head no
0: for the people that are just oh, listening to this.
2: Yeah, yeah, he, he's saying no. So uh so we're gonna wrap it up in just a minute here. Um I do want to say something about tieflings. Um I'm gonna get a little serious here. This isn't something I would normally plan on doing in any other episode. But I was thinking about Tieflings the other day. I was thinking about the controversy of Tieflings, and I'm not gonna really harp on about the controversy because I feel like we've we've talked about that in quite a few episodes. We do, we touch on it quite a bit. Yeah, and you know, I'm sure those who listen to us know how we feel about that. And you know what? It, it, in the end, everyone's game is their own. Like, and I absolutely ag- agree with that statement. Like, so the way you run games, the way you run your game, sit but... down at
0: your table, run it
2: the way you want it. Mm-hmm. And uh, but what I want to say was like, tieflings to me are a very personal race, and there's there's a reason that they're such a favored race of mine, and it's because like growing up, I had a very troubled childhood, and. For those of you who may have had a similar childhood or a troubled childhood, and, you know maybe for some of you who don't like. Sometimes you grow up feeling like there's something inside of you that is bad or wrong, or that things are your fault, or like you kind of carry something in you like a darkness. You feel like especially in your teenage years when you're all broody and hormonal and whatnot. And uh, for me, I wish that I had had D and D when I was in my teenage years because. I think role-play is such a therapeutic thing. I think there's a big reason that um, we all love this game so much. Like We love it for the role-play most of the time. Like We could be playing a lot of different games that give us a lot of things that D&D gives us, but the one thing D&D gives us that no other games are really giving us is the real role-play experience. Yeah, you're enveloped in in
0: escapism.
2: Yeah, exactly. And I think that there's a reason that... um, in in therapies across the world that role play uh has such a part in like counseling and whatnot i think it's it's important to think about the fact that actors pursue careers in what is essentially role play because of the creative outlet and sense of satisfaction that it brings them definitely and then on top of that i think that um it's important to think about um role play in childhood development you know there's a reason that it's such a big part of our development as human beings that we play pretend and we play make-believe.
0: And we, yeah, it's like we, almost second nature to do that, it that is, sort of thing. It
2: very, it very much is. And I, I think it's it's very important to human emotional development and uh, mental development. I think it's just important to us. And I view tieflings as a very physical representation of like that feeling I used to have when I was younger and confused and lost and felt very alone. And uh, so for me, that's why tieflings are so important and why I wouldn't be so quick to judge those who choose to run tieflings because tieflings kind of, have that trope for a reason yeah they em-
0: they embody those those feelings that you you can em- you, if you relate you can embrace exactly and you know the tieflings i run now they're
2: not like that and i certainly don't feel like that anymore and you know it's been a long time and i've i've grown up and you know i'm, I'm very happy with my life now but that being said that was just a little spiel i want to say about tieflings because they're one of my favorite race and i just wanted to say why
0: cool man well um i think we'll call it a game right there then yeah, sounds good and uh yeah thanks for listening again and we will catch you next week congrats again to whoever oh, won yes. this uh tales of the yawning portal contest mm-hmm. really appreciate winners. you both winners and to everybody who tweeted out about the show thank you uh so yeah um that's that's got, the game that's that's the game all right see ya bye <laughs>